Okay, hello everyone. Dashiell Miller here from Warrior Concepts, OnlineNinjaAcademy.com, and everything else that we have going. <laughs> anyway, welcome to this week's episode of uh, Kudan Podcast. So, uh, got a couple of things going on for this episode, which we'll start here in just a minute. Uh, comments that have come in from folks, uh, a really good question uh, from Lee, one of my students and one of the listeners that uh, is always on. Um, Boy, a bunch, right? But uh, the, the the main premise of this one is um, other than you, right? Who's in your head there with you? Huh? Um, who are the ghosts? Who are the voices? Right? That um, are steering the ship. Anyway, we'll talk about that more when we get started. So the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kudan Radio, real training for real people in a real world. All right, let's tell my story. We'll still going to stick to it. So <clears throat> everything should be good. James is lurking in the background there. So anyway, uh, so let's see. I wanted to uh, reach out. I, you know what? I probably should have copied the name and whatnot. I just had uh, someone who uh, commented on one of the previous episodes, a uh, bunch of episodes back, actually, Uh thanking us for doing these things because they've been extremely helpful and uh, they get a lot of value and all that. So that's, that's the best I could hope for. Right. So, um, well, I guess the best I could hope for is that people are actually like putting things to use and I should probably get rid of the freaking vibration that's going on on my phone so that it doesn't uh, play Chinese water torture on me um, throughout. Anyway. All right. So uh, let's see. Episode 197. Right. Coming up on 200 fast. Right. In three weeks, we celebrating our 200th episode. Right. Think about how much farther I'd be ahead if I wouldn't have taken that year and a half off. But, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Right. Anyway. So um, where was I going with that? Anyway. Uh, so for everybody that's getting value out of this and uh, you're not just showing up or playing the podcast on the audio only places and whatnot, um, because I don't know, you got nothing better to do. Thanks. I appreciate it. Right. Hopefully you're not using this to uh, waste your time. My dog's going nuts over here because uh, one of the family members came home. Hey, chill out. Go lay down. <laughs> anyway. All right. So <laughs> little real life, uh, segue there. Anyway. All right. So, uh, uh, where was I going with it? Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> ghost in your head and whatnot. So, um, actually, you know what? Before we get into that, let's uh, let's take a look at a question that Lee uh, sent in. I think it was right after the last episode. All these things are ble- uh, blending together. I, I got to tell you, between this and Whiteboard Wednesday and all the inner circle coaching calls that I do per week and the regular classes and, and, and. Right. We just shot the technique videos for week 13. 
during the relaunch or for the relaunch of our uh, our module two in our full black belt program, um, and uh, that was for week thirteen, right? So out of sixteen, these are sixteen week uh, modules. They're also standalone programs that people are going through. Um, kind of fell behind a little bit because um, James and I uh, uh, ended up our our vacation, our, our New Year's kind of thing, kind of overlapped. And, um, I don't know, we did our best to keep up, but anyway, so, uh, but anyway, so I was, I was mentioning to him earlier that, um, you know, I, I hopefully we don't have anybody like complaining because, uh, we're, we're like a day or so off with getting the new ones out because of everything that we have going. And, uh, he said he was just talking to one of, one of our folks and he's like, he's, he's still going through mod one, um, taking notes. Right. Because of all the stuff that we have um, in each of the modules. Now, you know, the programs aren't designed for, for somebody who just wants to fly through something and get a, a you know, black belt wrapped around their waist or whatever. There's, there's plenty of people that are out there that you can find. On, you know, that's your that's your gig. I'm not your guy, uh, so to speak. But anyway, uh, Lee, one of my guys, uh, you know, this is kind of the personal development side of things. And his question kind of paraphrased is um, what can we do or how can we make sure that we're not falling to extremes when we're working on this new me, we're working on personal development, personal development, we're working on the seishin, right? Um, the spiritual refinement, personal development, knowledge, uh, all this is a mind heart kind of thing. Um, you know, how do we keep from falling to one extreme or the other, right? One extreme is like, I don't know, self-deprecation and, um, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not getting there fast enough, that kind of thing. Um, or the opposite would be just the we've blown past confidence and it's just being an arrogant prick kind of thing, right? So how do we make sure that um, we're not in either direction? And it was a really good question, right? As a matter of fact, um, I'm going to be pulling several things from our uh, Nikyo base, uh, these these wisdom teachings uh, tonight, because these are the things that that my teachers gave me and and I used, right? Because this was a huge concern for me, right? Um, I was I was raised by an abusive, arrogant prick. Uh, a lot of you know the backstory, uh, and thankfully I ended up with uh, martial arts teachers and uh, Reverend Jikai, my Nikyo teacher, uh, who ended up being the role models and the quote-unquote dads that I didn't have the first time around. Um, but how do I approach this? Because I can come at it from so many different directions. So let, let's just start with this thing. All right. So this is to Lee, but I truly believe that this will be applicable to 90% of the folks listening to this. Okay. And we'll watch the numbers, right? When I say something that pushes the wrong buttons, James is nodding in the background. You can't see him. But when I, when I say something that pushes those buttons that ego doesn't want to hear, right? You see the numbers drop, right, of, of listeners. And this is live, right? So if you're on um, 
Apple Podcast or Pandora or whatever, then uh, you can't see what we see. But um, I don't think that you guys would have you know you don't need to worry about falling to the side of arrogance, right? It would take you a long time to get there, okay? And here's why I say it. Here's why I say this, right? One, um, people that are that way or that are close to being that way, they don't listen to stuff like this. They already know everything, right? They don't need stuff like this because they're arrogant bricks. <laughs> um, But the, the second part is it, it shouldn't be a worry, right? Now, what I'm about to say is going to be controversial. And we may lose some folks because, well, that's not how spiritual people talk. Yeah, I know. Everybody believes that spiritual people don't say fuck as well. But that's just not true, right? Spiritual people understand that language is a tool just like everything else is. And if the goal is to wake people up, get them to pay attention, get them to shake off that dull sleepwalk living crusty shit in the eyes that's preventing them from seeing and move forward or at least pay attention for an extra five seconds before they go back to sleep, then yeah, yeah. Um, or whatever, right? I mean, if somebody, like when I'm in my military days and, and, and the military vets can vouch for this, right? In my military days, um, it was not unusual for guys to be talking to each other, uh, and girls, right? In a way where four letter expletives peppered every sentence, right? As a matter of fact, it could just be the communication, right? Um, and it wasn't derogatory or anything like that. It was just, you know, potty mouth, right? Army speak, Navy speak, whatever. Um, but what woke, what wakes up people where that's normal is like turning down the volume of your, of your voice or uh, not yelling or, uh, just smiling and not responding with an FU or something like that, right? Because if you're going to wake somebody up, if you're going to get somebody's attention, you have to break the baseline, okay? So now, that being said, we go back to, to uh, Lee's question, right? How do I keep from you don't, right? How do you know what those extremes are and how do you know both the negative as well as the positive benefits of doing certain things? And what makes something arrogant? What makes something self-deprecating? Right? What makes self-deprecation uh, problematic? What makes it damaging? Okay? And who determines arrogance? At what point does confidence become arrogance? Okay. I'll explain. I'll, I'll describe that here in a minute. Okay. So to 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 get closer to understanding 
both of those, because both of those extremes, they're just, they're, they're, they're perceptions, right? So, um, let me give you a, a, a different example, since most of you are in the martial arts realm, right? Or have had martial arts experience or can at least relate to what I'm talking about, right? So in the current program that we're going through, uh, and this is a heads up for those of you going through the program or going through the module or revisiting it, and um, you haven't quite gotten to uh, some of the personal development uh, lessons that we just uploaded, right? So <clears throat> one of the lessons, and I can't remember if it was a well, week, what I just, I just caught up on 10, 11, and 12. So somewhere in there, right? I think it's 11, it might be 12, but I think it's 11. Um, there is a lesson in under that tab, right? Uh, where I describe the two jobs of an uke, two jobs of a training partner. Okay. James, do you remember which, which week that is? Just to get people there faster. Anyway, I'm giving you the lesson again anyway. Just, you just don't have the slide to go by. <laughs> so, um, all right, two jobs, right? So for those of you who don't understand the Japanese, an uke, uh, is the receiver of a technique. That is an important definition because a lot of people just truncated or just mistranslated or use this as an expedient where they just say it's a training partner. That's too damn vague. Okay. What is their job? Okay. What's your job when you're playing the role of the UK? Okay. Because in, in a, in a self-defense paradigm, or training scenario, right? One person is playing the role of the uke in certain levels of training, right? In other levels of training, they're playing the role of a techie. Techie's an attacker, okay? Uke, see, this is different, right? And then one person is playing the role of the tori, right? And that's generally the person who is practicing the technique or the kata or whatever that you're you're working on, right? People say attacker, defender. In the upper levels, in the black belt levels, um, we tend to, uh, I, I, I begin diminishing the use of the words attacker and defender. And because it makes people think um, in one way or, or people are programmed to think in one way. The attacker is always the bad guy and the defender is always the good guy, right? And that's not always the case, right? Um, so anyway, um, most people understand the omote or the obvious job of the attacker or the, not the attacker, the uke, which is to, um, you know, throw the punch, grab, kick, whatever, right? That the tori needs to practice the technique, but that's not their job. Okay. Yes, they're going to punch or grab or kick, but one of the things that we have to make sure that our students are getting is the lesson where they, they need to, they need to freaking wake up, right? They, when, when they're, one of the biggest problems I see is that when people are playing the role of the, the uke, they're lazy. That doesn't mean they're not putting energy in or they're not, you know, they're not, the shoulders aren't slumped and they're not playing the, you know, the lazy teenager, uh, posture or whatever. What I mean is their brain is only half there. Okay. By and large, most people that are playing the role of the uke believe that it's, you know, it's their job to throw the punch, grab, kick, whatever, 
um, so that their partner can practice the technique. And, you know, then it'll be their turn to practice the technique. Right? I'm going to come back to that in a minute. Right. But job number one is to remember that the uke is a surrogate. They're a stand in for the person on the street that would be throwing the attack, but not just any attack, a very specific attack. Okay. Now, when we're in the basic levels or we're just, you know, we're, we're doing uber classical, uh, loaded with training wheels, you know, uh, models, right? With the, the classical ski, right? This pierce thrust kind of thing, which by the way is not a punch, right? The, the, purpose of a ski is to break the other person's kamai, not necessarily to land the strike. Right? Anyway, so um, the, the purpose of the uke is to deliver the attack as authentically as possible based on the type of attacker that we're talking about dealing with. Right? And very often, right, uh, people doing that role will say, well, that that's stupid. I wouldn't do that. Well, we're not defending against you. We're not defending against the way you punch or grab or kick. We're defending against this particular type of person, right? Well, I've never seen anybody grab or punch like that. I don't care. Right? How many how many attacks have you seen? Well, I've been in my fair share of fights. Fair share, okay? The history of humankind, right? And how many fights, how many attacks, how many muggings, how many whatever go on on a regular basis? Um, and you've seen, I don't know, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, you've seen 40% of it. No, of course not. Okay? One of the biggest comments I get on my videos uh, when we do like risk grab defenses and things like that is, you know, they either they either say it out well, outright, nobody does that, or they say it in a very condescending way. Gee, I can't ever remember grabbing anybody like that in a fight, or I've never been grabbed like that in a fight, or well, who gives a shit? My first significant case as a workplace violence consultant, and when I say significant, I mean fat check, right? Not just going in and doing canned training and things like that. I mean, I had to, I had to, you know, uh, I had to read and evaluate depositions and listen to uh, testimony and uh, just all kinds of stuff, right? So anyway, um, it was for a, an attorney in Texas who was representing a nurse who was assaulted. She was an emergency room nurse. She was assaulted by somebody that was way bigger than her. This guy was, uh, was he six, five, six, six, something like that. And she was all of five feet, five, one, something like that. And uh, when he went to attack her, she turned to run and he snatched a hold of her arm and she escaped the first one just incidentally. He didn't have a good grip and she tried to get out to you know, just just to escape. Right. We grabbed her again. And then between his yanking her to to yank her back to him and her not knowing what to do. Right. He had her by the wrist. Right. Her not knowing what to do and pulling away. Her shoulder was actually her left shoulder, but it, her shoulder detached and it tore the musculature 
that supports the shoulder and all the way down the side of her torso under her armpit, right? effectively maiming her for the rest of her life. Okay. So when one of these jackasses want to tell me that certain things are never done because they've never experienced it, right? They've self-assumed themselves God, right? Um, I don't get into uh, pissing contests and I don't get into arguments with the equivalent of six-year-olds who don't know how the world works. Right? And all they have is their little bedroom and box of toys as experience. I don't, I don't, that's, that's not my thing. So they can gloat and they can feel all wonderful. I'll talk about that here in, in a bit, right? When, when we get back to the, to the programming thing. Um, but the, the role of the uke is to give the most authentic attack, right? Because their job is not just to punch, grab, or kick. Their job, and it's, it's also to simulate the, the response, right? The, the effect of the technique, right? So you don't have to go full bore, right? Because even done slowly, these te- techniques, when they're done correctly, right, they're designed to break and render a human body inoperable, either a piece of it or the whole damn thing, okay? So this is not shit to play around with, right? This is why you don't teach asses that come to class or people that won't um, won't uh, be respectful with their partner or they just want to, you know, get out there and spar and they just want... That's why you don't do that, right? Because that'd be like handing a freaking loaded gun to a baby. That's just... It's stupid, right? Anyway, so uh, their job is to give their partner the most authentic attack possible so that their partner cannot just practice the technique, but can recognize that attack on the street. And they'll have a sense of having been there and they will know what techniques go with that because they will have practiced those kind of techniques. Right. This is not kindergarten cop where we're just all going to get in a line and we're going to blow a whistle and everybody gets to do the same thing at the same time all the time. This is getting ready for, right? This is leading up to not assumptions about, right? And so if an uke throws shit or throws an attack that, let's say we're working on defending against a Muay Thai fighter or somebody who has kind of a boxer type uh, edge to like a street attack kind of thing, right? There's a certain pose that goes with that. There's a certain way the toes are turned in. There's a certain hold of the shoulders. It's very different from like a Taekwondo guy who's integrated Western boxing, but he's a kicker. And so his torso doesn't do the same thing. His legs aren't aligned the same way. He doesn't hold his hands in the same position, right? So I have weird hobbies. I study violence, right? But anyway, so if if you have an uke who's not a good uke and you allow that to happen, they're going to be showing you attacks that, quite frankly, you're not going to ever see on the street. Therein lies a problem, okay? Okay. Well, see, Sensei, that's why I don't do that dumbass ski stuff, because that's pointless. Nobody attacks that way. You're absolutely right. In this century, in this, well, that's not true. How many tens of thousands or now hundreds of thousands of people 
have gone through Bujinkan training and have learned those things. And how many of them out there might just throw something like that at you? Okay. Them aside, what's the purpose of a ski? Besides what I said, to break somebody's kamai, right? To do it safely where you're not overcommitting yourself, right? You're piercing their, their defensive mechanism, right? That aside, what's the purpose of the ski? For beginning level students, what's the purpose of the ski? It's this big extreme movement that shows a very definite line of attack that makes it easy for you to understand how to break that line of attack, how to break lines of balance, those kind of things, because the body isn't, it's not in a mismatch kind of position where the shoulders are on one line, the hips are on another line, feet are on another line, heads bobbed or pitched or whatever, right? It's not that. It's a very pure thing that somebody brand new, you know instantly whether you're you're in the right place or not. Of course you're going to break from that model, right? But to start off just assuming you're going to break from that model because nobody does that is no less idiotic than somebody never practicing to defend against certain types of grabs because they've never grabbed that way or nobody's ever grabbed them like that before. See, that was the defense of the hospital that the hospital had of the nurse that got damaged because they didn't have any training. They had nothing in place training-wise, policy-wise, procedure-wise, or whatever. Their attempted defense was um, nobody's ever done that before here. So, um, yeah, we didn't need anything like that. When healthcare at large, the entire industry, right, Statistics are very, very clear. Nurses are 25 times more likely to be assaulted on the job than a police officer. Okay, So, one, they were liars because you can't convince me that that hospital has been around for well over 10 years and they've never had a nurse attacked on the job, especially in ER, one of the two primary hot spots in a hospital. Bullshit. Okay? And two, even if that were true, you look across the industry and people should see that they're on fire we better get this freaking handled before this shit happens here again right so anyway um first job of a of a of a nuke is to be a good okay to be to to give their partner what their partner needs for this technique, this particular model, this particular variation, and so their partner can learn what that attack looks like coming in, right? But that's the obvious one. That's the omote. What's the uda? Right? Second job of an attack or of, a, of an uke, right? It becomes more and more important as we get as we go up in rank. And remember, I, I, I didn't just take a segue. This is all about the, the stuff I started with, right? The second job of an uke is to experience the technique and what that technique does to a human body. Okay? Uke, receiver of the technique. 
I'm not just a sacrificial lamb that's throwing a punch, grab, or kick so he can do some whoop-ass on me, and then it's my turn. It was my turn. I am learning what can't be learned without being an uke. To never be an uke and to learn your techniques but never be the uke, the receiver of that technique, anything you believe is happening to the attacker is theory. Guesswork. Okay? But as the uke, and I will always volunteer to be an uke, right? I go to Japan and teachers does a glance around because they're going to demonstrate something or whatever, and I'm the first one to step forward, right? Because I need to feel the technique, okay? Just looking at it, right? Okay, he's stepping with his foot. He's hitting with that hand this way. and Okay, great. Okay. That's just the start. Why? That foot, that way, that angle, right? The strike, when it hits, what's the intensity? What's the feel? What's it doing to the muscles, to the nerves, to the, to the skeletal structure? How does it break my balance? Right? How does it affect my body? What angle is that strike on? Huh? And how if the strike, if the angle changes, how does that change what happens to the body? Right? Universal law of cause and effect doesn't go away just because we're practicing martial arts or anything in our lives. Right. So the second job, when I'm an uke, right, job number one is to give my partner what they need as authentically as possible. And when they deliver things um, to <laughs> so he doesn't have to do it for real is to simulate that damage. Well, how the hell do I know how to simulate it unless it's been done to me? How do I know how my neck moves when that shuto in Ichimonji no Kata lands? Right. If I've never been tagged that way, even lately, what's the flinch response? Which part of that is flinch response, flinch response and which part of that is that, that, that hammer, sledgehammer hitting the anvil, right? Which was physics and which was physiology, right? So I can duplicate that so he knows, ah, okay, that the next move is to carry him this way, right? But if I'm going to act like a, a, a bad, no-skilled stuntman in a low-budget movie and my body's not going to reproduce the correct movements and whatnot that the body would be doing for each of those, then my partner has, he has two choices. Find a different uke that can help him out with that, right? Or hit me so he actually produces the right uh, response. And then I have two choices after that. Okay. To match number one, I get my shit together so I can be a better uke so people stop walking away from me to find somebody better. And for the second one, um, I learn how to simulate those responses so these people stop racking on me because I promise you, you can only be hit so often in the same spot. Before at a certain point, your body is just going to, it'll, it'll just break. Okay. And it's not the one that happened that day. It's the 50 that led up to that one. Right. So anyway, right. So the, the idea with the, the uke, 
right? And this, this, if we don't know, if we never experienced it, then everything is theory. It's all guesswork, right? And going back to the paradigm, right? Those opposites that, that Lee asked about, right? I think most people operate based on theory when it comes to arrogance and when it comes to self-deprecation. Now, they may have done it, right? I know I did, right? Um, and the main point of this episode is to talk about how it's how it happened and how it's still happening. And we need to ferret those things out. Okay? Um, but we need to drop the fear of falling to either extreme and we actually need to go out of our way to go to each extreme. Right? And two things are going to happen here. Okay? Um, I'll tell you another story. Uh, when I when I first started working with the mandala, I started I was very early on in my Nijutsu uh, training, and I was introduced to these things, and you know different personality types and different you know whatever, uh, just kind of going around these the, the, the Kongokai mandala, just these primary five, right? And I had a hell of a time finding myself within those five. Which one am I? Right? Because I do these things, but I'm not this way, right? I've got I got these things over here, but but I'm not either of those extremes, and I'm not that. that but but I got this other thing going on over here. So I go to my teacher, and I'm like, I, I can't find myself because like. Like, I'm trying to figure out which one I am, but I keep finding that I've got things happening in, in all these realms. And he goes, oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's not that, it's not that, that polarizing. Now, there are people in the world that are absolutely that polarized. Okay. But I don't see you that way. These are his words, right? I don't see you that way. And if you were one of these polarized people, you wouldn't be in training like this. Okay. But here's the thing, no matter where we are, okay, center on the mandala, right, is not, well, it could be, right? There, there's two possibilities for the center space on the mandala because that's void, okay? So center could either be the, right, the, uh, I'm not going to drool on camera, but... <laughs> um, and in that case, you wouldn't be there, right? You wouldn't be, you wouldn't be in this training. You wouldn't be considering these things. You wouldn't ask those kind of questions, right? You could barely feed yourself and wipe your own ass. That's what I mean by duh. Okay? It's just, it's, it's non-functional, right? The other side of that coin is wisdom. You'd be, you'd already be enlightened questions wouldn't matter anymore right so but here's what what that means is that no matter what no matter what scale or uh like a slide rule or uh whatever that you're on right because these things are these things are they're not this or that right they're um they're spectrums right so you know like like Anger is, is a spectrum. You're not just angry, right? There's certain types of anger, right? And there's like 
Zero, there's no anger. But one might be mild frustration, irritability, right? And then five might be um, uh, I'm angry, right? Eight might be pissed off. And ten's full-blown fucking mindless rage, okay? So there's a spectrum kind of thing, right? Um, it, it, it would be very, very helpful if we could identify these things and not think in black and white or think that, well, irritability is not anger. It's on the anger spectrum. It's the same type of energy. Well, anger and rage aren't the same thing. Yes, they are. They're a different intensity of the same energy. And you have a certain amount of control or lack thereof at each stage. Okay? So, uh, but because we're not centered, right? We're, we're not in the mastery level, and I'm including myself, right? We're not there, okay? That means we're going to be to one side or the other of the extreme, or of the, of the, of the center, okay? And so, uh, if you, if you know what I'm talking about with the model of it, either way, you don't need to, right? If we look at the earth wind spectrum, right? That line. On one side, what you have is the rule of law and, or just rules, right? And, uh, very concrete. It's this or that. It's black and white, right? Uh, there's only one right way to do things. That kind of thing, right? On the other side, right, the wind realm, what you have is carefree, man. Like, like, what's it matter? You know, there's no point, right? Or there's, you know, do whatever I want, okay? Um, there's no rules. There's no whatever, right? You make it up as you go along, right? Um, so we're in there somewhere, and then how or what, whatever the experience is or whatever the the part of our life that we're talking about, right? That's going to determine where we are, right? Because we've got this, this, uh, water fire spectrum that has its own energy, but I'm going to give this to you in a very, very like baby walker kind of thing. And I don't mean that you guys are babies or whatever. It's just, it's a, it's an easier way to look at one layer and one perspective on these bisecting lines okay the earth wind line is the way we act in the world or in any, in any given experience okay and the water fire line the vertical one right um, is how we see the world okay the see the world line tends to be based on believing at it's very core that there isn't enough to go around and therefore we pick a side. I don't have any. So therefore I need to get mine from those who have, um, I don't like them because those greedy bastards have everything and they must be corrupt. That's why they got it. Right. Cause they're out screwing everybody else. And meanwhile, the people that have theirs, um, are putting up, you know, gated fences and all kinds of shit because everybody keeps coming to try to take the stuff that they've worked hard to have. Right. I mean, it's just but both of them are based on not enough to go around. Well, the reality is plenty to go around. Right. And regardless of who's listening to what. Right. Anyway, um, 
So how we see the world, how we operate in the world. But when I say world in Mikyo, that world could be our lifetime. It could be our regional uh, space that, that we're in, like our town, our community, the region in which we live. Uh, it could be our home. It could be our office. It could be the body we're in. It could be uh, the experience we're having, right? So that the way we see it and the way we operate in it can be vastly different depending on the experiences, right? If we're talking about finances, right? We can be in one place. If we're talking about relationships. We can be somewhere else on that line, okay? Toward one extreme or the other. But here's the thing. Um, whichever side we're on, if we've never experienced either extreme, well, let's just say that we're on the earth side of things. If we've never been absolutely fucking carefree, or we can't remember, because we probably were when we were a baby until the rule structure came in, right? We can't remember it, or we've never been there. Then what can happen is center, neutral, can look extreme. Look at the geopolitical climate these days. Everybody talks about far left and far right. What about the damn independents and moderates in the middle? What about the people that are slightly left, slightly right, whatever? Okay. Well, nobody thinks about them, right? What they know is that anybody that's not me, if they're on the opposite side, then they're far whatever. Okay. And be careful with demonizing uh, language used by anybody, right? Um, it, it's a it's a psychological tactic for dealing with opposition. Uh, Anyway, so Warfare 101. All right, so anyway, um, the the extremes, and I know Lee just listed two or whatever, but the extremes, if we've never been there and we've never experienced it, we've never produced results with it, and we've never recognized the damage that can be caused by it, okay, um, it's all theory. The same as the uke thing I was just talking about. Right? If you've never experienced the technique, the damage is all theoretical. What it's doing to the body, it's all theory. Even if somebody who knows what that feels like explains it to you, all you're going to do is parrot words. Okay? It's like when people want to know what the black belt test is going to be like so they can try to prepare for it. Somebody else's explanation post Anxiety, fear, stress, and whatnot, right? Explaining bits and pieces of it. Or how do I pass the fifth on test because I'm afraid of failing it? Well, that's the surest way to fail it. Um, but it's, it's all theory. Okay. So here's the lesson on the mandala. Stop avoiding falling to either side. Go. Experiment with it. Experience it. Because right. otherwise, you're not going to know. Well, I can't do that. I'm not that kind of person. What kind of person are you? Right. So, this leads us to the, well, you know what? It, it leads us to the topic for today, and hopefully this will spell things out a little bit better. But, uh, let me 
open things up. I've been at this for what 45 minutes, give or take. So, um, who do we have on, James? What's going? What's going on, man? What's up? What's the ditty? Anyway, I'm not going to do that anymore. Hey, look, it's James. Ta-da! <laughs> the only ones that have signed in is Jared said good evening. Jimmy and Lee. All right. Everybody else is probably, well, we've got eight, so you're right. They just haven't signed in. Well, I'm, I'm seeing eight. That's just what the system is showing us. Um, and we have, if you look at the views and whatnot after, uh, after everything shuts down and look at Facebook and all that kind of stuff, I don't know how it cuts. I, th- I think what that eyeball is showing us is um, the number of concurrent videos whenever the system, or not videos, but viewers or whatever in, in any given area. Who knows? Um, I don't know how it tracks things. I just know that when I look at the the podcast services and whatnot, the number of views that we have and the number of views that show up on uh, Facebook and YouTube and whatnot, they don't match anything close to this. Yeah. So anyway, it is what it is. Okay, so it kind of leads um, to things, but let's let let, let me uh, run a little experiment by you. Uh, maybe maybe it's not an experiment. Maybe it's a question uh, that was run on me by one of my mentors. And so the question is, if I were to hire somebody to follow you around with a video camera, who are you when the camera is turned off? Who's the person that's really doing things in between the philosophical memes that get posted, the sharing of little cool insights or whatever, right? And are you the person steering, right? Because ultimately, we want to be the only ones in our heads. But Right. I'm going to approach this from a personal development standpoint because, um, again, we're not in that in, we're not in that enlightenment state. If we were, right, if we were in the dust state, we wouldn't be here. If we were in the arrogant state, we wouldn't be here. If we were in the I know everything state, we wouldn't, right, if we were in the extremes of any of one of those realms, we wouldn't be here. If we were a duh, we couldn't be here, right, couldn't operate a damn computer, right? And if we were enlightened, we wouldn't be here either. Uh-huh. Um, so who we, so we need we're, we're, we're looking for teachers and we're looking for mentors and, and things like that right so because when, when we've learned lessons right and uh, you guys can you know post little comments if you want or whatever James can see them um, you know how many times have you caught yourself either replaying something that I or Hatsumi Sensei or some other teacher or mentor or whatever has said, right? And you're reminding yourself, oh, yeah. Okay? And you replay that that lesson. Okay? And or how many times have you caught yourself repeating something that a mentor or a teacher said? 
right? Giving that to somebody else or, um, I don't know, you're in a conversation, right? And this moment of wisdom is necessary. So that's what comes out, right? I know I have, right? A lot, way back, especially way back in my, in my, uh, my training, right? I would parrot my teacher. Uh, and this is something I learned from Hatsumi Sensei, right? He used to do the same thing when it came to Takamatsu Sensei, right? Because it was a way to continually hear the voice of his teacher, right? To keep the lessons running and rolling, right? So who's the ghost in his head? Who's the voice in his head? Takamatsu Sensei, right? Because that's what he was aspiring to and that's where he was moving to, right? But that's, and, and that, that's, that's a good thing, right? But that's something that we have to go out of our way to do. We have to consciously do it, right? Now, does it happen sporadically, unconsciously? Of course, right? But who are the other ghosts? Who are the other voices? Right? Who told us that we were who we think we are? Who told us to believe certain things? Who told us that uh, we're a blue-collar family or we don't do that or uh, that's not the way things work? Who taught us to... Um, operating relationships the way we do who taught us how friendships are developed or not and therefore they were accidental who taught us uh, our relationship to money who taught us right whether you should rent or buy uh, whatever right and maybe we can't remember but they play out and the way to notice them is when we bump into things, experiences, conversations, or whatever, and it induces an argument or it induces a fear or anxiety response, whether we speak it out loud or not. Okay? We feel that need to cover up something. Okay? So... These are these things that need to be ferreted out, right? We we need to find them. But what if you can't? Okay. What if you can't, right? Um, let me go back to Lee's question. Okay. Um, who taught us that self-deprecation was bad? Most comedians used to self-deprecation to be funny, and we all laughed. Okay. Some people use self-deprecation as uh, a way to get there first because they're afraid of being bullied or they're afraid that their weaknesses are going to be pointed out by people. So if they go there first, it takes the steam out of the other guy's sails and now he's got nothing. Well, that's great, but are we doing anything to bolster that character trait to eliminate that weakness or that limitation? Right. Because nothing's worse than us 
trying to hide something we don't like about ourselves. And then we spend our entire freaking life trying to maneuver so that either other people don't notice it, they don't mention it, or we have to beat them to the punch so that they don't mention it. Right. And it causes me to cry or slink into a corner or whatever. Right. Or we just band together with a whole bunch of other victims and, you know, get laws passed and, and change public perception so that, um, warriors, right. Who are tend to be very direct, right. Um, no, you're a bad person because you called somebody out on something that they're doing to get in their own way or to harm or damage other people. Well, that's mean. No, that's truth. Right. Again, let's go back to the arrogant thing. Okay. What differentiates confidence from arrogance? We know what it looks like, or do we? Right. Somebody would have to be pretty damn extreme to be arrogant for me to call that person out on their arrogance. But there's certain elements to that. Because what I've, deter- what I've discovered, exploring these different realms is that more often than not, the definition and the observation is subjective. Because I've been called arrogant a lot. And I had to self-check. But what I found in my exploration, this was not playing the blame game or whatever. I had to explore, right, okay, am I? And, okay, who, right, what's their personality type? And there's all these factors, right? And what I discovered is that most people, not just in my realm, most people that I encounter, remember, I hang out with CEOs, senior VPs, military veterans, right, people that have ducked bullets, cops, whatever, okay, Um, that doesn't make anything one way or the other. It's just, I'm, you know, around people that can call you on your bullshit because um, they're comfortable in their own skin. Okay. So most people see me as confident, but there's two types of people who see me as arrogant. Okay. And I know when I'm being arrogant because sometimes I have to push that line to motivate people to move. But when I'm just being me, the person that you all encounter and for whatever reason, keep coming back to listen to every week. Right. There's two personality types that define what you call confidence. What you see, what you hear when you're listening podcast, YouTube, whatever, okay? There's two types of people that call what you see arrogance, okay? Domineering, uh, oppressive, all kinds of words, right? But we'll just stick with arrogance, okay? One has extremely low self-esteem and need to be coddled and are easily intimidated by people who are not wishy-washy. Confidence to them is very threatening. 
because you're very sure of yourself. You're not easily manipulated, those kind of things. Okay. You stand for something. Okay. You are what they want to be. But dot, dot, dot. Okay. And the second person who translates, translates it as arrogance, right? Um, are control freaks. Okay. They are, uh, they are afraid, right? But they have, they have presented or created a personality, right? That leads, ironically, with arrogance, condescending speech, whatever, right? They've got to, they've got to use, uh, uh, threats, they've got to use intimidation, they use basically bullying tactics to keep people in their place. Okay. And when they encounter someone that that doesn't work on, okay, they translate that as arrogance. They translate that because what they just did was bumped into somebody that is actually confident, is actually powerful, is actually, right? But these people... try to say this in a, in a way that's not I'm trying not to be condescending they well we'll leave it alone for a while okay? um, they, they just need they need to be told they're right they need to be right they need to be in charge right they're afraid of not knowing what's going on. They're afraid of somebody else taking charge there, right? Whatever. Okay. And there's lots of different personality subtypes, but okay. So, but doing the exploration, okay. On the other extreme, okay. Confident people and people that have a certain level of understanding about personality types and uh, like communicating to different types of people in ways that gets their buy-in, gets their, um, allows them to feel comfortable, that kind of thing, right? Uses self-deprecation as a form of humility. Right. Had a mom one time. I uh, had her kid at my my dojo. Uh, we were the same age, and she was looking at my bio, and she's like, "Oh my god, I feel I feel like a loser." I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, "We're the same age, but you've like rescued medical students here. You've been a bodyguard for this guy and that guy, and you've done this, and and you've built this business, and you've whoa, 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 whoa." I think maybe you're looking at it from the perspective of what I've done compared to what you've done, but you've raised really healthy kids. You've done this. You've got your real estate license. You've, yeah, but that's just like everyday things. No, no, no. I've seen the test in this state for the real estate license. No, that is not, that's not an easy thing. All right. Um, All kinds of things, right? Um, But when it got past that, right, you know, I'll, I'll use things like, yeah, I, I know, but, you know, I'm a, 
I'm a white guy, so, you know, I'm automatically wrong. Well, I'm a man, right? So I'm automatically wrong. And, you know, and I use these things. These are not things I think about, about myself, right? But I used it because it created humor. It, you know, threw things off or whatever, right? Um, Self-deprecating humor. Now, unfortunately, right, I said a lot of uh, most comedians use self-deprecating humor, right, to get laughs and all that. But most self uh, most uh, comedians that use that, um, 70% or better, right, are on antidepressant medication and go to counselors and all kinds of stuff because they really are that way. And they really do believe that they are that way, right? But you can use self-deprecation. See, they're, they're actually, they look like opposites and you get, you're going to pick one or the other. Okay. But they're both the treatment for the opposite because you need both of them to have the center. Right. Think of that center circle on the mandala. Uh, like, I don't know, just because it's the color white, uh, we'll say it's like the cue ball, uh, on a billiard table. I don't care if we're talking about American billiards or pool or we're talking about snooker. I don't care, right? But this white ball. But if we had if it was split in half and we had two halves, right? One's the arrogant uh confidence, arrogance, uh strong personality, right? Uh, uh leader, commander, uh, you know, Uber person in charge kind of thing. And the other one, right? Is softer, carefree, um, humble, self-deprecating, whatever. What and self-deprecation to me just means that I'm I'm playing down my achievements so as to not come across as being, you know, this arrogant ass, right? Me, 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 right? So, but those accomplishments still exist. The question is, what am I using, right? So to have that center, to have that balance, you have to have both of both halves to go together. It's not an either or. It's like you're looking at the yin yang and, and breaking one off because like I'm 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 more this way over here, or I'm I'm always going to be this way. Okay, well then you don't have yin yang, right? Okay. You have a swirly. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but, but um. You, you need both. Okay. But here's the thing, right? So, uh, the, the question is, who was, you know, who, who are we being? Right. As I've talked about in previous episodes, different classes. Again, it all runs together, right? Um, who are we being? Because we're, we are, uh, uh, I don't, we've, we've assimilated all these, all these people into the Borg, right? Uh, I mentioned in the past, um, I don't do it anymore, but my role model for telling jokes for humor was my uncle Frank, right? And I mean, you just could make everybody laugh and whatnot. So I imitated him. I was around him a lot, right? Told jokes. And I, when I say I imitated him, I'm talking about the way he told jokes, right? I would never use him as a role model in, uh, for relationships and what it means to be a husband because he was a philandering asshole. Huh? Does that make him not funny? 
No. It throws people off when I, I'll tell a, a Bill Cosby, I'll, I'll, I'll recite a Bill Cosby skit. <gasps> Do you know what he did? Yeah. Doesn't make him not funny. Okay. Oh, so you agree with what? Where the hell did that come in? No. Because I'm able to distinguish between a skill and, right, a shortcoming. Right? So, uh, but anyway, right? Um, so, Sometimes it's very, very difficult to see who we're being, right? Um, you know, the title for this episode is, is Change, right? And the Voices in Our Heads. Right? I'll give you another uh, just quick story here. Um, if, if anybody uh, know who Gary V or Gary Vaynerchuk is, right? He's very influential in the business realm. He's an entrepreneur himself, whatever, right? But he's, he's for the past couple of years, he's been known more and more for personal development stuff and motivation, and he even does parenting things and whatever. But it's just this guy, right? He was, he was an immigrant. Uh, his parents immigrated from uh, Russia, I think, U- old USSR when he was a little kid. And his dad started a, a, a wine shop, and he took it over, and now he's got a, a advertising agent and all kinds of stuff. I mean, the guy's worth billions. Um but uh, he posted something about confidence and something like that, right? You need, you need to, um, uh, it had nothing to do with voices in your head, but it had to do with, um, you know, building up that sense of identity and that, that sense of sureness in yourself. Because ultimately, you're all you got. You can look for validation from other people, but what are you going to be if you stop getting the validation from those people or they die or they move away or whatever? Okay. And that's, that's not, it's not sane. Anyway. Um, and people are like, Oh, I needed to hear this today. This is awesome. And then people are talking about it. I'm reading down through the thread and all of a sudden I hit this one where person, first thing they say is you understand it's not easy because the neurochemistry and the, the 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 personality issues and stuff and and you know this 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 message needs to be changed to reflect that and they start spelling this stuff out which is just um, this is troublesome to me because it's not me in the moment well no shit everybody that follows him they're not there yet and they hang on what he says because. He's in business. They're in business. There's this whole, you know, there's this whole series of factors, right? And somebody, a couple of somebodies, tried to step in and go, no, the point of the message, the message is perfect. He's motivating you to see this, this, and this, right? And this person just kept going down this hole, pointing out that, and they went to an opposite extreme, pointing out that without everyone else supporting them and doing the hard work, they would never have all the benefits of this thing that they wanted. Okay? On the mandala, that's the hungry ghost realm. I want it, but I can't do it by myself. But I still deserve it because I exist. Okay? I shouldn't have to be expected to do all the hard work because hard work makes me anxious. I shouldn't be expected to 
um, you know, uh, work on my thoughts and focus on my actions and things like that because it's uncomfortable. Well, no shit. It's uncomfortable for everybody. Right. Um, anyway, so uh, what this made me think of, I mean, part of me felt very, very sad for them because where they are at the moment, they can't see it. But we're all that way. Okay. And I remember way back when I first started, remember, I can't, <laughs> for those of you who have been following all these things, right, I came out of a very, very abusive uh, family upbringing Physically, mentally, emotionally, um, the things I thought about myself. I mean, I, I have my, uh, graduation picture. My, uh, wasn't a prom because we didn't have any money and I couldn't go to the prom. But my senior picture, my wife has it hanging with, she's got the, fa- the, the stairway going up the steps, right? Is the family walls, right? So photographs and everything, right? And I, w- I was going to have a smaller picture made and whatnot if she really wanted to hang it up and all that. And she said, no, 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 I want this one, right? And so there's this, it's the big picture, right? I'm framed and everything. It's up. And um, when it first went up, right, and I walked past that young man's face, I felt sadness. For that young man, because that young man had no idea that he would ever get here. Ever. And he would have no idea that the future him, me now, has dreams and goals that, I mean, this would have been impossible. So that would have been unthinkable. Right? But I felt sad because I go, I, I walk past it and I'm like, man, damn, you are a good looking guy. And this is not an arrogant thing. This is not, this is not a, cause I, I trust, I, I promise you that the kid that had that picture taken believed that he was the ugliest troll on the planet. Was stupid, was worth nothing. Nobody of any value, right? I would, anybody that I, I, got together with boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever, um, would be either taking pity or <laughs> would have summer teeth, right? Some are here, some are not, uh, would whatever, right? I'd be scraping the bottom of the barrel, okay? Um, because that's what I was programmed to be. And for a long time, decisions, and I was that hungry spirit. I wanted this. I wanted to be not just a black belt in ninjutsu. Right? I wanted to be a ninja. And every sense that that, that was, based on Atsumi Sensei's teachings and, and the you know, stuff that Stephen Hayes had written when he was closer to that, you know, that realm and whatnot, and and all this stuff, right? That's what I wanted, right? There were certain things, I wanted to be a certain type of dad. But when I thought about what I wanted and my goals, God, the lump in my throat, the knot in my gut, the, the voices in my head, right? Well, good luck with that, dude, right? 
Who's going to choose you? Right. Writing a letter to my first teacher, introducing myself and, you know, asking for, for training took the writing of the letter took days. The mailing it took weeks. And after I mail it, I mean, just all the voices in my head, right? Just playing all kinds of scenarios from them laughing to them looking at it and just tossing it in the trash to them sending back a flaming response. Who the fuck do you think you are? All that kind of stuff, right? And now there must be some something within me that is just too fucking tenacious to lay down and quit, no matter how painful it is, but just the anguish, right? Just the, you know, meeting people and always wondering what the hell they're thinking of me. And then trying out the, well, I'm just going to, I'll just, you know, not care, right? I don't give a shit what they think of me. Great. There's a lonely life. Um, But slowly, I encountered these, these, Lessons and ways to handle things, right? Um, and Mikio, right, the, the, at, the pr- at the core of it, right, is perception and belief. And it, it determines everything, right? Um, and part of that belief, part of that right thought, right perception, um, right belief, whatever, right, is perception of self, self-identity. Who am I? What am I? Right? Those kind of things. Okay. Now, arrogance is believing that some that one is something that they are not. Right. Self-aggrandizing. Those kind of things. Right. There's no substance behind it. They can't prove any of that. Right. But you can't deny that they get farther ahead than those who are self-deprecating. Because if I'm always speaking a certain way or my social post or whatever that way, employers these days, part of your background check, part of the, the vetting thing is they do look you up on social. Careful who you're condemning. Um, and if what comes across as victim, but what sat in the in the job interview came across as confident, there's going to be a disconnect okay and if they need somebody who's confident they don't blame they don't uh, you know they don't uh, avoid uh, responsibility whatever right but that's all they see evidence wise or other people know you and they've called up references and that's what comes up who the hell's going to hire somebody like that right so we are multifaceted. My point here is that we need to lean into those aspects that get the job done, right? When I'm, when I'm playing with my, my, uh, four-year-old grandson, right? You know, he's punching grandpa on. Oh, you know what? Right? Yeah. Oh, you're weak. I'm strong. Yep. You bet. I'm weak. You got me. Huh? I don't look at him and go, yeah, I'm weak. You okay? Right? 
See, it's very different, right? But when he messes up and I give him that look, he knows, okay? He'll run to my my wife. Grandpa's being mean. Grandpa's being a poopy head. Now, what did you do? Okay, because Grandpa just doesn't do that. So anyway, right? So um, anyway, when I was when I was following along that thread and, and came across this, uh, what really kind of popped out was uh, lessons that I got about making those changes. And the cool thing is that you can be trying to ferret these things out and figure them out, but what you can also just do is listen to yourself or watch yourself. Or if you've been in arguments with people and they say, you, you always say this and you always do this and you, instead of arguing with them, take notes and then pay attention. Do I? And then listen, right? Uh, and watch. Okay. Because change is made through the same process that we went through to get us here. The difference is that we didn't know we could control the process, and so here we are, ghost and all. Moving forward, um, you can call it rebirth, you can call it change, you can start to call it a do-over, you can call it whatever you want, but it's not starting over, and even if it is, right, now you have experience. Right? And now you're going to do it intentionally. And so what I found uh, very, very helpful from both Miko teacher and those lessons and Hatsumi Sensei and some other teachers within this art um, was in taking control of the situation and not just like, I do this, so I suck, or I don't know how to do that, or, uh, you know... Uh, I'm just looking for good enough, right? You know, if I have enough to make sure the bills are paid and a little left over, then I'm happy. Are you? Because I've had students that look at me and go, well, I just can't afford things, and I'd really like to do that program. But, well, I thought you said that as long as the bills are paid and you had a little bit left over, you were going to be happy. Okay. Who are you parroting? Because apparently that's not true, because something, an opportunity just opened up, and you couldn't do it because... That little bit left over isn't enough. So now what? Okay. So anyway, uh, so just a couple of things came to mind that I thought I would share uh, to allow folks or to help folks take control of the process. Okay. Because changing the self-image and changing the perception is not going to happen overnight. And it's going to require replacing habit patterns, whether they're physical, verbal, or thought. Habits are habits, right? Replacing one set that does not serve me with another set that does. It's going to require replacing or at least shouting over, right, current voices that are not productive, that are not serving me, with new voices, okay? So 
when it came to thoughts, if I caught myself thinking a certain thing, right? Now, just my luck, knowing my luck, guys like me, whatever, right? I developed either little scripts or I eventually I just got good at just flipping it, right? And finding the positive, right? If you couldn't find the positive, if I couldn't find the positive in me, then I thought about, who knows, a movie character I thought about because I'm, you know, Mikio and whatnot, certain uh, uh, bodhisattva or, or uh, energies that way. I thought about how Hatsumi Sete does things, uh, whatever, right? I, I pulled a role model and the way they do it, I just replaced them with I, right? Because this doesn't work if you don't think present tense. Let's say I caught myself, um, you know, knowing my luck. No. And, and this was part of it, right? I would literally chastise myself like a parent. No. Okay? You're a hard worker. You figure out what's necessary, how they got there. Okay? You make a plan. And if you do the work, you'll do that too. You'll get that benefit as well. Right? Um, some people have been thinking in the negative for so long that thinking positively this way and thinking value-based and whatnot is just, you know, well, that's not me. Well, no shit. We're we're trying to not be the current version of me because it's not going anywhere. I need to be the version of me that actually produces the kind of results that I say I want. Human beings don't like change. I want to have all those benefits, but I I want all of those by not having to change me at all. Well, if you were already, you already had the knowledge you need, the personality or character traits that you need, the thought patterns and habits that you need, uh, the routines that you need, and all that kind of stuff. If you already had all that stuff, you'd already have the shit that you want. So that makes no sense. But anyway, right? So I would, I would, if I caught myself, right? No. And what I would do after that is I would repeat the thought I wanted to have, right? You're smart, you're intelligent, you're a hard worker. You'll get it done. I would repeat that at least three times for every one catch that I had of thinking or literally saying it out loud. Because how many times in the past have I thought or said the same thing? One for one isn't going to overwhelm. It would take multiple lifetimes to get the new thoughts in to where they were in there more than the old ghost. The goal is to push the old ghost so far to the back that they literally vanish. Okay? They will never go away because they're ultimately part of what makes you you. But by realigning things, what I ended up doing was just like with the abusive stepfather. Right? Remember, I was with him on his deathbed. I stayed with him. While he was passing, I was the dutiful son and caring for him. Not because I was afraid of getting hit. Not because he changed. I changed. And when he passed, I thanked him for all the lessons. Because good, bad, or indifferent, there were lessons to learn from. And most of them were, don't do it like me. But that's okay, because had it not been for him being that guy, there were things in this life that I've gone through that I should have died. But the resilience 
that I'm going to say he forged into me. Right? I don't know that I would have survived if I had, I don't know, leave it to Beaver's dad or that just dated myself. Right. I, I don't know of any nice dads anymore because sitcoms paint dad as being some doofus that goes to work and just does what everybody else wants or is, is uh, you know, picked on or uh, he's just stupid. So we'll take care of it or whatever. Right. We don't have any fucking good role, male role models anymore, especially in a family situation. That's sad. So go on YouTube and watch oldies, watch your black and white stuff. Right. Anyway, so um, I had those. Right? Um, there were things that I didn't believe were possible for myself. So um, I went out of my way to uh, watch, let's say, watch movies that were in that direction, right? Where the the underdog makes a change. Right. Does hard work, not the lucky, you know, uh, tooth fairy comes along, waves a magic wand and you get your no okay? things where, uh, you know, they come of age, so to speak. Right. Um, there were uh, there was there was a period of time where. I didn't think a whole lot of things were funny. Right. I laugh a lot. So I went out of my way to watch like funny movies or I'd go to comedy shows or whatever um, so that I would learn to laugh again, right? Learn to see the humor in things, right? Um, but the point from Mikio is instead of waiting for life to catch up, instead of lamenting, right? That this is, this is, it sounds simple. And it sounds like, okay, well, it's just a simple three-step thing. Duh, everybody knows that. It's not the lesson. It's the activity. Any moron, well, probably not a moron because the IQ is down too low, right? But anybody can read a damn self-help book. Anybody can, can read the line items on a meme. Yep, yep, that's true. Let me share that. Click. Okay. But the only two things that matter in this whole process for change is controlling our thoughts and controlling our actions. And that's it. That's all you got. Right? And even for me, right? I don't have to like the thing I'm doing. I don't have to dislike the thing I'm doing before I do it. Right? I do it. Why, James? Why do I do it? It's required. To get where I want to go, to produce the thing I want to produce, it's required. That's all that's necessary. Right? Because all successful people have one very important character trait, and that is delayed gratification. Right? They don't waste all of their time, effort, money, or whatever on feel-good stuff now, which is why they have no freaking money, which is why they have no time, which is why, okay? that's why they keep getting distracted and derailed. Okay? I do these things. These are required. When I get there, that doesn't mean you don't have fun and whatever. You just find other ways to do it, right? Uh, what's one of the things I just started doing again that I realized I hadn't done in a long time, right? Um, uh, 
nature, what do I want to call it? I call it nature connectivity or nature connection activities, right? So get out of my car before I go into the dojo in the morning, right? I don't care what, what's going on, right? Look at the sky and look around. Um, usually I look at a level above the buildings and the people, unless I'm scanning across and there's trees and field or whatever, right? Um, I literally cut the, the gray people out of the, out of the equation, right? I watch the clouds. I breathe the air, right? I put a little bit more um, uh, attention on green grass, blue skies, clouds, feeling the air, right? Appreciating these things. Because I'm alive and I can, right? But it's just one more thing that I'm grateful for, okay? Um, I spend some time uh, thinking about the things I'm grateful for. Right. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, Jen, uh, Jen Fletcher, yeah, from UK, right? She runs uh, Hoshi Nexus, which is a closed community, but they have this open thing. And if I remember, I'll send out an email to folks that are on the uh, podcast list. Uh, there is a link. She just started a thirty minimum thirty day uh, gratitude. Uh, practice thing. It's not like there's a weekly call or anything like that, right? It's just uh, there's a picture with things and just a way to get your head straight for folks that need help in that direction, right? But, um, you know, well, I'm really going to work. Yeah, well, how about changing it to I get to go to work and make money so I have resources to do the things I want to do, right? Just being able to reframe yourself. In NLP, it's called reframing, okay? Uh, there's another activity called pre-framing where um, you, you if, as a teacher, if I were going to pre-frame somebody, I actually give them a way to think about something that they've never thought about before. Okay? So uh, let's say we're working on onikudaki, right? This uh, bent arm leveraging shoulder dislocation kind of technique, right? Um, I'm going to be truthful with people. This is not all pie in the sky. So uh, when I'm teaching it for the first time to a group, what I might say is, okay, we're going to work on this technique. It's called Onikudaki. It means demon crusher, uh, crushing the devil. I'll explain that in a minute. I know it sounds like either really cool martial arty kind of thing, really cool warrior thing, or it sounds kind of scary. But uh, I'll be honest with you, right? The reason it's in the curriculum where it is is because it can be kind of challenging. But once you get this, right, that – if somebody tries to get out of this move, you don't need to be strong. You don't need to be, uh, you know, powerful or whatever. You just need to be in the right position. And when they go to resist, they'll actually blow their shoulder apart for you. And then they can't get at you. You didn't have to, you know, further damage somebody. Uh, and you just go home, right? Get out of there, right? So it is challenging, but once you get it, okay? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take it step by step. I'm not throwing you into the deep end. And take it step by step and work one piece at a time so that you don't feel lost and you can get the workings, right? And how and why this technique works. Okay. That's a preframe. Okay. A reframe is what most of us have to do, right? Because we already have opinions. We already have thoughts. We already have beliefs, whatever. Right. So a reframe, uh, an example of a reframe might be, 
um, a parent coming to me and, and saying, um, you know, my kid's got this oppositional personality thing. Jesus Christ. Every time I say something, um, you know, he wants to have an argument or he wants to, what he wants to know why. And, and he's just, you know, he, he just doesn't go do it just because I want him to do it. And, what I might say to that particular, now I know the student and all that kind of stuff, so it's going to be different for each student, but what I might say as a possible reframe is, that's awesome. Do you know how less likely your kid is to fall in with negative peer pressure? He's not going to do something just because everybody else is doing it? Wow, I never thought of that. Well, and I know how frustrating it's got to be when he doesn't listen, but perhaps it's since you know what he needs, if you framed it that way first, right? I just think he has oppositional personality. Okay, what well, would you like a trick for handling that? You, you mean you you get? I get him to do stuff in class all the time. Okay, you know the quickest way to get somebody with oppositional personality disorder or just somebody who's a contrary personality type to get them to agree with you ninety nine out of a hundred times? No, how? Okay, stop telling him what you want him to do first. Okay. Start by saying you're probably not going to like this, but and then say what you want them to do. Okay. Ninety nine times out of a hundred, they will do what you want them to do because now they're not being contrary to the thing you want them to do. You just told them they're not going to like what you have to say. So guess what they're going to be contrary with. Okay. And they can't help themselves. Because the, they, they've created a personality type that they have to they have to contradict one of those. Okay. So now if the person says you're right, I'm not gonna like it. I'm not gonna do that thing either. Okay. See, for him to say you're right, I'm not gonna like it. He's now agreeing with you, but he has a contrary personality type. Okay. So then, anyway, so. If, if there's things I need to see, like, I'll give you for instance. I have a friend who has a monetary goal. And one of the things is, no matter what the goal is, I don't care if it's a relationship, being with a certain person, money, whatever, right? You need to be able to see it. You have to believe that you can have it. As a matter of fact, you have to do it, all of these goal things, if you can do it in present tense, right? Convince yourself it's already happening. I know it's not, but you got to tune your head, right? So he's like, I'm just having a hell of a time visualizing having this amount. I said, why don't you just go online, uh, go to pexels.com, go to pixabay.com, whatever, right? Hell, at this point, you steal, you go to Canva, whatever, right? Steal one, right? You're not using it commercially, so. Nobody's going to, you're not putting it out there in the world, so nobody's going to sue you for using it or whatever. Find a picture of a shit ton of money all wrapped up, like from the bank, put up in a pile. It'd be really, really helpful if you knew that that was the amount or was more than, right? Take a picture, trim it, and make it your, uh, your lock screensaver or your regular screensaver on your, on your phone. Okay. Now, every time you open your phone, what are you going to say? And every time you open your phone, what is your mind going to see already in the palm of your hand? Okay. If you can't see it in your head, find a picture so that you can look at it. 
eventually you'll start seeing it in your head because you look at it all the time. Okay? So you do these little things, right? These little simulacrums, right? If there's things you need to hear, say them. Stop waiting for other people to say them. You say them. Okay? Say the things you need to hear. Do more of the things that you that make you feel more alive. Do things that you would do. Right? I'm gonna. I'm, money is the, a big thing that that makes people feel right because you know they were taught that you know money never made anybody happy. One, I believe that the person who said that didn't have any money. Two, not having any money didn't make anybody happy either. Now, if you're gonna be pissy in the world, you might as well have money so that you can at least enjoy your pissy state. Right. And I would rather be the per. There, there's something that Warren Buffett said a long time ago, or I read that he said it a long time ago, um, that just struck me, right? When it comes to this kind of thing, he was asked about, you know, you make all this money, right? God, you must pay a lot of taxes. And his answer was, I'd rather be the payer than the payee. Right? Paying a lot of taxes means I'm making a lot of money. Okay. And I'm contributing to the world because every time I buy something, pay taxes or whatever, that goes to people's paychecks. It, it, whatever, right? Yeah, but people are stealing. Look, even if a corrupt individual steals the money that was supposed to be for something else and buys a fucking yacht, he still helped to contribute to the paychecks of the people who are in the company that built the yacht. And the guy that drives the truck that drove it someplace and the people that store it and the salesman that sold it and all that kind of stuff. Right. I get it. Corruption is bad. I get it. But the money still went to paychecks and went to. Right. So. Right. It went to the PennDOT guys or the Department of Transportation people that are not milking their job for eight hours a day and they only filled one pothole today. Well. Okay. It's amazing. It's amazing how we we just want to go after the rich guys that are stealing money and corrupt and all that, but stealing time at work and getting paid for doing nothing and manipulating the system and right because there's a thing in in theft called theft of time, right? That well, you know, we can write that off and we can justify that, but. Right? Corruption is corruption. Step to step. Right? But I can see past those and still see the corrupt guy who bought a house or bought a car or bought a boat or took his family on vacation or whatever. All he did was redirect that money into somebody else's paychecks. Does that make it right? Now you tell me. Stealing it was wrong. But in spite of himself, he still did good in people's lives. Interesting, huh? Anyway, um, here's a here's a fun little activity, right? Especially if you're trying to be successful, right? Um, go to real estate open houses for the types of houses you want to you want to eventually live in. Go through the process, right? Get dressed well, the way you would have to dress 
to be taken seriously by the realtor, get a tour of the house, right? It's the only way you're going to see yourself surrounded and being in that environment. Go test drive the car, whatever, right? I can't afford it. I feel strange. Yeah, you're going to keep feeling strange until, right, that feels normal and you get to a point where you've been in those houses or you've been in that car or you've looked at those vacation spots or whatever enough to piss yourself off enough to do what needs to be done. Okay? Is it going to be easy in the beginning? No, trust me, not. Because every fiber of your being has been conditioned and programmed by the ghosts and the voices that they left behind. Right? To to fight. Right? That's not you. That's not you. That's not you. I know. I know. (laughs) I know that I need to drop 80% of me because only 20% of me powerful part that exists now is going to carry forward to the future me. This is not about me. When ego says that's not you, I know. So what do I need to replace? What do I need to drop? What I need what do I need to take on? It's not me. No shit. Guess what? You're not the same person right now that you were when you started listening to this podcast. You now have other things to think about it. You might have a different perspective, right? I know you have the same name and I know you don't feel any different or whatever, but you're not the same. A couple of hundred or a couple of thousand of your cells have died. Some have, uh, have uh, divided, right? Sister cells, right? Okay. You're just you're, you're, you're not the same. Okay. If nothing else, you're an hour and forty five minutes older. <laughs> Some people have already hung up, right? Some people think badly about me. Some people, whatever, right? Okay. Every one of those things makes a difference is to control the process. But point of the episode, change in the voices in our head. You want to be different, then make sure that the voices of your teachers or the mentors or people who think the way you want to think or whatever, get them in your head way more often than this thing that you call you. Me, I. Because that is just made up of everybody else. And go to extremes. Stop being afraid of something you don't know anything about. Well, I've experienced anger or arrogant people, right? I don't want to be that guy. Hmm. You don't have to be that guy. But if I put my foot down... Because I am sure about what it is that I'm doing, what needs to be done, and 
I'm only going to be surrounded by people who are going to do the damn job. The people that I cut loose are going to think that I'm an arrogant ass because I'm not letting them be them. And, well, we'll eventually get there. Fuck, eventually. Jesus criminy. I'm 61 years old. I don't have time for your goddamn eventually. If you're not going to help, go do you somewhere else. Don't make promises you can't keep. And to them, I'm going to be an arrogant ass. So, yeah, how do I keep from being arrogant? No situations where arrogance is probably going to be recognized or whatever I do is going to be translated that way. So I don't do what I, I don't say what I just said where it's going to do damage, right? Knowing the difference, right? Same thing with the opposite extreme, right? But until one knows the benefit of acting in a way that, yeah, some people are going to translate in in a negative way. And other people are going to look at it, and we've all been there, right? You told a story to somebody or they were there in that situation, and somebody stormed away, you were an asshole, and somebody else looked at you and went, you didn't do anything wrong. I actually was pretty impressed that you stayed that calm and just, you know, you're just confident. Okay? They'll get over themselves or not. We've all been in situations like that. Okay? So understanding that's the way it works. Okay? Self-deprecation is damaging if we have low self-esteem and we can't see ourselves as any better than we are and any attempt by anybody else to give us a compliment is automatically shut down because I think I suck. That's damaging. Self-deprecation in the form of humility that underplays uh, achievements or position or status or whatever to make other people comfortable, it's perfectly fine. They're both self-deprecation. Confidence is arrogance if misused, right? Self-grandizement and all that kind of stuff. Or it's going to be translated by people who don't want to... They want the benefits, but they don't want the the work. They don't want the responsibility or whatever. Okay? Anyway, all right, James, what do we have? Any any, any questions or comments or whatever? Uh, Lee had a question. What about confidence in different realms and a lack of confidence in others? Lack of confidence and lack of confidence is a natural output of your knowledge and sense of uh, sense of uh, comfort in that in that realm with that topic in that experience those kind of things right um, confidence is farther down on the uh, psyche paradigm right from self-esteem okay? don't don't confuse confidence with self-esteem okay? self-esteem is your sense of self-value okay um, confidence is your sense of comfort 
with your ability to do handle whatever, right? Um, I like to keep myself in a uh, like borderline uncomfortable position because that means I'm working on stuff that's pushing my uh, my comfort zone. Okay. It forces me, and because I, I trust myself to figure things out, so very quickly I'm going to feel comfortable, and then the more practice I get at it, the more confident I get with it. But now that frees up mental uh, mental resources and and other resources and whatnot, so I can push that to the next thing. James, every time we get a uh, well, we haven't had to do it for a while. Thanks. Knock wood. Um, we haven't had to get another uh, like replacement theme or whatever for the websites, mm-hmm. but um, you know, there for a while we were changing them out damn near yearly because they weren't being supported or whatever. Right. right? Well, uh, WordPress would do a major change and shit. Right. So, um, but we'd get a new system. We get it. We get this new thing set up and whatnot. Major learning curve. Confidence is really low because we're, what the hell, right? I mean, am I going to be able to make this page? Am I going to be able to get this thing to work? Well, every, you know, every week we do a business meeting and stuff and then something pops up like, are we going to be able to make that happen? Right? Shit. I don't know. Right. So that does, you know, confidence is wavering like shit, right? Did, right? Do we need something else? Do we need whatever, right? But the more we do it, Right? Now I'll, I'll send something over to James. Okay, I do this new program or whatever, and James will go, oh, that's all right, I'll just clone this page, this page, and this page, and just tell me what the colors you need and whatnot, and, you know, we'll take care of it, right? Um, we have a problem every once in a while, and I, we're not sure where the glitch occurs, but, uh, you know, normally he can just pop the uh, the URLs for the new video lessons into the student dashboard page, but today was another one of those days where, um, he'd do something and have to freaking either refresh or restart or whatever to do it. And so when it first happened, right, confidence bottoms out like shit, right? What's what's broken? How are we going to do this? Uh, you know, whatever, right? Just how do we now? He just goes, he looked at me today. And he goes, it's one of those days again, right? Every time I do this. So frustration scale, right? The anger scale, right? We're in mild to, you know, whatever frustration, but it's just that's freaking glitching again today. And it's not on our side. It, who knows where it is, right? But he just, you know, it's going to get done slower, but confidence in, okay, I know how this works. There, there's there's upgrades and, and stuff that's normally going on in the background in one or two of our services, and it's bumping into each other in the system. And, you know, he just looks at me and goes, it'll resolve itself in a day or two, right? That's confidence, right? It's just, it's okay, right? He knows the workaround. It doesn't sit and nothing happens, whatever, right? But um, anyway, is this is this helping? I, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse if I'm in the wrong direction. Just don't confuse this with, like, a self-esteem issue or whatever. Now, the personality trait where one may not trust one's judgment or one may not like not feeling like they're in control or one may feel like here's a good one, right? Um, There have been psychological studies and stuff that prove that um, the average person, 
when I say average, I mean like 80, 90%. They don't care about success. They care about not failing. They don't care, they don't care about comfort. They care about not feeling pain. Okay. So this, when we're talking about personal development and we're talking about pushing our boundaries and we're talking about growing beyond our limits, right? Um, we are countering what for most of us is not natural. That's why most people want to do need to training. Most people want to do this stuff, but they're comfortable where they are and they don't need, really need to. You know, I just found a place where I feel comfortable and whatnot. So, you know, I just, I just chose to be here. So this is what I define as success. Fantastic. Okay. But don't confuse that with your potential. Don't confuse that with, right? Okay. You don't have to call it settling. You don't have to call it any of that stuff. But right? I posted a meme the other day about two, uh, two studies, right? Uh, that were done back in the fifties and sixties. There was another one that somebody brought up that was done in 71. Um, that was, that was pretty fucked up. But anyway, um, but the one, uh, concluded that 65% of the population would kill somebody if authority told them to. And it doesn't matter why. They're afraid of punishment. They're afraid it'll be done to them. They're whatever. Couple that with the second study, which was done independently, right? That shows that most people don't care about the truth as much as they care about being ostracized by the group. Which is why it's so easy to get people to fall into groupthink. As ninja, people that train and are conditioned to um, operate solo, right? Um, that this runs contrary to that natural proclivity because we're mammals and we're group um, clan-based animals. Which is why it's so easy. Couple the fear of um, the fear of being ostracized by the group, right? Being canceled or whatever. With if that becomes the perceived authority, I'll kill my freaking baby out. Not me, but um, you know, I'll, I'll do some pretty fucking nutsy things and I'll deny truth and all that because the the truth of the masses takes over. Couple those two things together. Oh my God. Right. Anyway, what do you got, James? Well, that was the only thing that came in. Okay. Right. So I'm not sure if, if I head in the right, in the right direction for, uh, for, uh, for Lee or not, but uh, I'll wrap it up with something I've said over and over again in the past. Um, embrace the suck. Because growth doesn't happen without uh, without discomfort. And uh, when you move into a new realm, your confidence is going to be really, really, really low. It should be. If it's not, then you're not really pushing yourself. You're not really expanding. Right? You're doing 
pretty much the same thing, but it's a little different. It's like buying a new word processor, right? Um, I'm going to switch from, what do we use? I tend to use LibreOffice, right? But I'm going to switch from that, and I'm going to bite the bullet and just do Microsoft Word, right? Confidence is going to dip a little bit because something might be under a different menu or whatever, but it's a damn word processor, right? Okay. Switching to a word processor from a typewriter. Yeah. Confidence tanked a whole lot. <laughs> right. If somebody switched the keys around on your, on your keyboard, that would drop your, your, uh, you know, you have to learn a whole new pattern kind of thing. Right. Um, but anyway. All right. Is that it? Is that all we got? Yes, sir. All right. So, uh, I think that's it. Um, I did have a couple of requests come in for programs. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly when we're going to launch it because uh, I, I like doing a like a pre-webinar. I know we usually get like 90% of them are people that just ooh free stuff, right? And so they got a free lesson and uh, they do their stuff. But uh, a lot of people have been requesting the Goshimbo, the psychological self-defense, which to me is kind of a bridge to the Kuji uh, kind of stuff. Um, so. That's likely to be next. Uh, we are winding down on the realm of the, uh, the warrior tactician program. So uh, that's our relaunch of our mod two in our full program. Um, when I say full program, capitalize, underline, and circle the word full um, because it probably each of our modules probably has as much in it as most uh, online black belt programs that I've seen. Well, why would I go through that when I can go through the other one and get my black belt fast? Well, you'd go through mine because the black belt isn't the most important thing. The knowledge and the ability is. But people scream what their goals and intentions are by asking questions like that. Right? It's impossible. If you know what you're listening to or you know what you're looking at, it's impossible for somebody to hide their agenda screams. Then the new skill is, how do I ignore 90% of it so that I'm not the arrogant ass to them who's always pointing out that their ego keeps leading with their agenda and they're a dick. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, right? Humans are humans, you know, whatever. Anyway, so um, uh, there's that. And so we'll be firing up mod three. Uh, we'll have a cool name for it, as usual, for people who want to do the standalone kind of thing. But anyway, uh, and a couple of things are on the schedule now. Uh, I sent out emails and things are posted. If you go to uh, onlineninjacademy.com forward slash events, uh, you'll see two new events that are scheduled. Uh, Wednesday evening, uh, February 28th, so what, next week, uh, from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern time, I will be doing a Foundations of Shudikin uh, thing we'll be focusing primarily on the Hira Shuriken, right? The star. Uh, so we'll be doing that. And, uh, that's listed there. There's two different prices. This, uh, normally I don't charge differently for virtual. This time I did because people that are live, uh, are getting, uh, a couple of the rubber practice, uh, Shuriken because of the things we're going to be doing. Uh, I just don't feel like mailing them out to people that sign up virtually and we only have a week and a couple of days to do all that kind of stuff. And, but I am including the Shuriken training manual, 
uh, with that just as a extra bonus in there for anybody that signs up. Normally we sell that for what, 37, 47 bucks, something like that. So, um, either way, but, uh, anybody signs up for it, obviously will get the recordings afterwards as well. Uh, and then April 26th, 27th, and 28th is our spring camp. And that's also listed with the, uh, things. Now there is a link also that goes to, uh, the page for spring camp. And I think that one's onlineninjaacademy.com forward slash is it just spring camp or is it spring hyphen camp? Try either one, right? Uh, but there's a whole write-up in there on what I'm covering and all that kind of stuff. So, and there's even, I think there's even a payment plan attached to the uh, thing for people that need that as well. Okay, that's it. That's what I got. Anything else, James? Any last-minute sliders? No, sir. Nope. All right. Well, that's it. I will talk to everybody again next time on Kuden. Get more of Kuden Radio, subscribe through your favorite podcasting site, or join our clan of serious modern warriors at OnlineNinjaAcademy.com.